Hey guys, welcome to Empathist Health. In today's episode, I am chatting with Alyssa Parton. Alyssa is a strength and conditioning coach specializing in the powerlifting realm. Uh, Alyssa is incredibly knowledgeable, and this was an Instagram live feed that we did yesterday. And we had some technical difficulties with the feed. It was our first time experimenting with it. So I've tried to cut out all those difficulties in this podcast, and it's pretty well cut out except for the last little bit gets a little soft on uh, volume but uh, the rest of it's fine and we really talk about uh, how do you train with an injury how do you train through an injury what should be your mindset as an athlete or someone who's chasing fitness when an injury happens what should you do we dive into that a little bit and um, we just kind of listen kind of go back and forth with what we think about it and what are some of the approaches you can take so check this out um, let us know what you think, and if you have any questions on further topics you'd like for us to talk, talk about, Alyssa and I will be getting together again, and we will talk about some other very specific topics. So just let us know what those are, and hopefully this is very helpful for you. But um, guys, thank you, and enjoy. This is a revolution to fight for truth, to fight for the people who trust us with their health, and to fight for research-backed action. This is a fight to purge baseless trends and customs in healthcare. This is a revolution to change the steps of healthcare from reactive medicine to preemptive medicine. Our vision is to be the catalyst for a system of proactive healthcare versus reactive healthcare. This is Impetus Health. All right, well, hello guys. So I'm here today with my friend, Sean. He is a physical therapist here in Birmingham, Alabama, and we connected just a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been actually working with him getting back into more of my normal strength training. So after I graduated from pelvic PT postpartum, he has helped, you know, take the reins from there to get me back underneath the barbell so that I can get back under the platform and compete later this year. Um, so we just wanted to get together and kind of go over just injury rehab, prevention, bridging that gap between graduating from physical therapy and, you know, your strength coach taking over from there and how we can work together to make that happen. Um, so, Sean, want to yeah. introduce yourself? Yeah, so guys, like Alyssa said, um, my name's Sean Hiller. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I'm a certified strength conditioning specialist, a United States weightlifting sports performance coach. I'm a CrossFit level one coach as well. Um, I have a huge background in movement. And but, so I talk, started talking to Alyssa a little while back and she is, how many months postpartum are you now? About to be five. Five months postpartum. And, um, so there's this huge gap that we talk about when we talk about uh, strength conditioning and rehabilitation. If you think about it, um, strength conditioning is taking you from the starting point. So you're at your starting point, you're healthy, you're ready to train. Um, as opposed to if you're injured or something's hurting on you, you're a little bit behind the starting flat. So kind of the goal of any good rehab program would be to implement, use our strength conditioning principles that we know and bring you to the starting line so you can train but still keep the rehab principles in place. So there's not a huge, um, there shouldn't be a huge dissociation between strength conditioning and rehabilitation. We should see them really in the same light, very similar light. Because um, the principles are the same. It's just you're coming from two different places. One's coming from the starting line, and one's coming from behind the starting line. So that's kind of what we want to talk about today is how do we uh, phase those two together. How do we – so everybody I know is training with some type of injury or some something that's bothering them 
Um, so how do we train with an injury? How do we train with something hurting? So still progressing as an athlete, still progressing our, um, our strength, our fitness, um, while we're dealing with something on the side. So uh, I guess I'll kind of just kick it off and talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'll interject. Yeah, so, uh, so what does that look like? So a lot of times people think about uh, injury training or uh, like a rehab training protocol looking like just a bunch of corrective exercises that you do, and it can look very different. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of times what we have uh, someone come in like a sports-specific athlete, whether that be a baseball player or a power lifter or an Olympic lifter or a crossfitter, whatever that is, a lot of the times we're trying to find a way to allow them to perform their sport at whatever level they can right now where it's pain-free. Um, so, for instance, let's take a power lifter who's deadlifting, and let's say their one rep max um, deadlift is 500 pounds. Okay, so they got low back pain. So we can't do a 500 pound de uh, deadlift without back pain. So we may do um, one, some of the common things that we do. We use a heavy slow resistance protocol. And we'll have that person maybe have 135 on the bar. And we'll just do a hinge. And we'll try to hold that hinge 30, 40, 50 seconds until your legs are shaking. So we're doing really as much as your body can tolerate, but within a realm to where pain's not overtaking your mind. And you're able to um, do things without, per se, injuring yourself or actually healing the injury using the same movement um, that you're used to doing. You're used to deadlifting, but we're going to use that movement now for rehab and just kind of a side asterisk. So there's no better movement for low back pain than deadlifting. Amen. <laughs> yeah, and I would, I'm, and if I can interject, um, you know, if you have a certain tolerance to pain by doing things like this, you know, you're gradually increasing that pain tolerance. So while you might not be able to deadlift 500 pounds at that moment without deadlift, or sorry, without low back pain, by implementing movements like this, that you're increasing your isometric strength, like you are building your tolerance to not only get back to that 500 pound deadlift, whatever it might be, but above that. So. I mean, everything, like you said, whether it's physical therapy or regular strength training, the, the fundamental principles are still there. So progressive overload. Like we might be taking a step back, but you're still starting somewhere to increase back to a certain point and then beyond that. Absolutely, yeah. And so if we, we'll just take an individual. So let's take, uh, let's put an example here and let's say someone gets hurt. Let's, let's say it is low back pain. That's a really common one. Mm -hmm. So somebody gets hurt, they're in the gym and they're, let's, let's use deadlifting. We're deadlifting and all of a sudden, boom, we start having some back pain. What do we do? What does that look like? How does that change our training? What do we do? So the worst possible thing that you can do in that moment is to stop moving. Is to, I mean, in that moment, like a lot of people have pain and they want to go home rest, maybe ice it. Um, that's not what we want to do. If you have, if something like that happens, your best friend is going to be to try to do that same movement, totally unloaded, unload the movement, but allow your body to go through the same process if possible. And that's that's you mentally telling your, your mind, that's you saying, hey, this is actually okay for me to do. I just maybe overdid it a little bit. The results of in, or injuries normally result from overtraining or any type of change in training. So, um, and this is where progressive overload comes in. So if something changes in your training protocol, um, whether you increase volume, decrease volume, increase intensity, decrease intensity, whatever that is, you need to gradually do that. It has, there has to be a step-by-step -step process to increase those things or else your odds of injury increase by about 72%. So most of the injuries that we see happen when someone stops training or increases their training. Yeah, because um, people don't know to take it step by step. If you, if you have an injury, and like you said, like the worst thing you can do is to stop 
training because once you stop training you start to detrain and then at that point if you were to just jump back in thinking okay well I feel better now I'm just gonna go right back to what I was doing well then that stress is you, uh, you overload that tolerance at that mm -hmm. point so that's whenever another injury might occur or you might inflame that previous injury whatever it is yeah exactly so this happens. So you, you're injured at this point. You, we, we consider an injured. What do you do? Um, so again, your best friend would be to find a way to move. Movement's best. Anything you can do to increase your heart rate is going to be really good for you at that point. Our, the first stage of healing is inflammation. So unless you just have a ton of ridiculous amount of inflammation, we don't want to do much to stop that. We want that natural occurrence to happen. So we can start to heal. We can start to um, get that positive hormonal flow to where we're actually increasing the HGH in our body. We're increasing the testosterone. Those are just incredible recovery principles. So let's say if we have someone who has been injured in that first week of injury, we, we're, we're not icing. We're trying to move. We're trying to allow our body to know that it's okay to continue to move and start sending some of those positive neurological feedbacks to the movement itself. Our body codes things with movement not with particular joint angles or contractions. It's with movement, how our body patterns things. So if we're doing that, my job as a physical therapist is to take you as an athlete, get you as close to the function as you were doing before as an athlete, whether that be the deadlift that you hurt yourself doing or squat, whatever that is. Let's get as close to those as we can from a functional perspective using progressive overload, decreasing intensities, maybe increasing volume, and then add in some corrective type exercises very methodically. So we're still using the same energy system principles that we use. We're still um, not just throwing a random rep scheme at you. There's a point behind these rep schemes and trying to challenge your body. A lot of it is still trying to take you to fatigue at certain times and sometimes I don't want to take you to fatigue. We want to see all that. And I'm working in conjunction with Alyssa. Mm -hmm. It's her athlete. She knows her athlete much better than we do. If I'm not talking to the coach, then I'm missing a lot of the blanks there. So trying to work with Felicia saying, hey, what do you think we should do from a programming perspective to allow this person to train, still move, have a healthy lifestyle, and still try to get to whatever goals they had. Still very goal-oriented. And I love for people to graduate from physical therapy and have a heavier lift than they did before. <laughs> That's a huge goal for me. So um, if, what would you do, Alyssa, if you have somebody who has an injury like that? What's kind of your mindset? So you yeah, whenever I have an athlete who starts kind of just you know, persistently complaining about an ache or pain or something like that. And, you know, that is outside my scope. Like, I can do the assessments that I understand. I can, you know, watch their movement patterns with the video reviews that I do. But to an extent, you know, I don't know everything. So that's whenever I connect with a physical therapist that they can go see. I do really prefer to send them to a physical therapist like Sean, who understands the type of training that we do. Um, so that he knows, you know, like he's talked about putting them in very position-specific exercises that will translate to the movements that we're trying to get back to so that we're not just putting a Band-Aid on it, essentially. Like, I don't want them to just feel better, you know, in their day-to-day -day life. I do, but I also need them to feel better when they're doing their squat, their bench, and their deadlift. So I do prefer to help my client reach out to a physical therapist who gets it, right? So that then I can connect with them and be like, okay, what are some good warm-ups that I can prescribe for them, that I can take from what they're doing in their physical therapy sessions, that I can, you know, take those movements that they might be working on, you know, just once a week and 
to some extent progressive overload them in their actual program so they're getting that adaptation that stimulus constantly so that we can work back and and you know get back to that baseline yeah uh, and I want to touch on some uh, some things that Alyssa kind of brought up but some common questions we get is maybe you tweet your back well you keep using the deadlift and low back pain example maybe that happened a lot of people say um, I, I think I might have been moving wrong I've seen some people who have beautiful movement form have an injury. It, a lot of it does come down to have you overtrained, have you de have you changed something in your training, even has something in life changed. Like we've seen some really strong athletes come in here who've gone through something in life to where they're super stressed, and those cortisol levels are out. Your body can't take it; something gives. So especially if you're at the same training volume, sometimes if stress goes up, we even decrease training volume just to give yourself a little break. Why you're, why you're doing that but um so if odds are you could be a great mover injuries just happen so what do we do when those happen so you've gone through that process where we've gone through the rehab process we've, we've done well we got you back to what we call the baseline so back to the numbers you were hitting before back to those things before now what so you've got this history of low back pain what do we do at this point how do you how do we work with your coach to prevent this thing from happening again the answer is a word that you've heard before probably prehab so the whole time, like for instance, I have a history, I have some neck issues that I've had for a long time. So I'm, I've, I haven't had neck issues in a while now, but I continue to do them. I do them quite a bit, not just for, if you're in rehab, you may have a session where you're doing 20 minutes of neck work. Well, I'm not doing that much, but I'm still consistently working on it. Um, so while you're going through, while you're going through your training session, while you're getting back into your normal programming, you still need to have that regimented in consistently. And not necessarily doing your corrective exercises before and then going into your program, but maybe supersetting things. Like you guys who follow Alyssa, y'all been seeing a lot where she's doing those marching back squats. So she's using those to build up the neurological recruitment of her core so she can actually back squat heavier. And it's very, I mean, for any type of postpartum thing where your core has been shaken up to the max pretty much, um, we're trying to recruit your core. We're trying to get everything firing again, and that's what she's doing as she's building up. That's rehabish, but man, that has awesome play into her training itself. Right, so, it's not just doing, you know, hundreds of dead bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that was the cool thing about, you know, meeting with Sean, and, you know, it's like all these things start clicking because, you know, the dead bug is awesome exercise. I'm a huge advocate and fan of them, but to an extent, it's like how many dead bugs do you have to do before you can handle 300 pounds on your back? Like yeah. that, that doesn't transfer the same way as putting it on your back mm -hmm. and working on that stability and that neural recruitment. Yeah. So you have to figure out ways that are like, okay, I need this muscle group to know what the heck to do. What's the most transfer and what's the movements going to allow that to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can get creative with those things, and it's really cool to see how creative some people are with making this happen. I'm not a huge advocate of like creative exercises for like strength development purposes, but whenever you are trying to get things to click within your body, it is really cool and it is um, fun to learn new things from you because I've learned so much in just the past couple months. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a master of your craft with 
powerlifting and knowing how to train and program for a lot of those aspects. And the funny thing is in rehab, half the time we're putting someone into positions they haven't been in because it's not a sport specific. So right. we're taking away some of the specificity of sport. But so that your body can adapt because exactly. it hasn't been in that position before. So you're introducing a stimulus that it doesn't know so that it has to adapt to it. And that's kind of like the art of physical therapy. Exactly, yeah. And this ties in so well. I can't say enough about nutrition. If you are injured, my goodness, and you're not hydrating yourself, and you're not eating enough protein, if you're not getting just the amount of energy your body needs to, to live, it's going to be really hard to come back. When we have somebody in uh, physical therapy, we ask them two questions every time. It's how much water are you drinking? And how much protein are you eating? We, we don't go much further than that into a lot of weed you're eating with nutrition. But you've got to have that tied in as well just to give yourself, give your body the best chance to bounce back. Um, so from a movement perspective as well, um, when you're training, don't think about, if you are injured, don't think about your rehab as this beautiful linear line that's going to go up. It's more like a stock ticker. So you hopefully you have, you have bought good stocks and it goes up and then it comes back down. It goes up. A little further, comes back down. So just like any training program, you don't have three months of consistently adding five pounds of your back squat mm. every week. It doesn't really work like that. You, yeah, if only, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but it tends to go, you train up, maybe you plateau, maybe even come down a little bit. Maybe we're seeing half, hey, might have overtrained a little bit, my body's a little too taxed. Let's figure that out, let's adjust the program, then boom. Now to an extent, the, the overtraining stimulus is something you want to reach because you hit that overtraining stimulus and then once you pull back, that's when your body has that super compensation effect to where you can then build again. So you just have to play that intelligently to where you are working up to that level of fatigue. But when you reach that level of fatigue, you have to pull back. If you try to go further, then that's whenever overtraining in a bad way is happening. And yeah. then it also, if you want to yeah, Cheryl asked, what would you recommend for added weight post-pregnancy that has caused pain in areas that never have had problems before then? Yeah, so um, so you're coming off of pregnancy and you put on a little bit more weight um, post-pregnancy. So again, uh, the first thing you should look at, we have our five fundamentals, fundamentals of health that we talked about through the clinic. And the very first step of that entire pyramid is nutrition. So I would 100% say if you have phenol fit, make sure your nutrition is tied in and you've got those things going. I mean, that's the foundation of everything, okay? Um, There's a bottle. <laughs> Cohen, Cohen's over here wooing. Um, so if you do have that going, if you have that going on, you guys should say you do have you your nutrition tied in. The next step would be to start entering back into uh, some of those movements that are causing you pain. And that may be when we get down into assessment. So let's assess what's going on. Where are you weak? So a lot of times postpartum, it's not as simple as just saying, okay, my core is destroyed. A lot of times you have very specific weaknesses um, and certain movements you do. If you are a powerlifter, we'll test those movements. We'll also test some rotational things we don't tend to see as much. And find out what has the pain and we train those painful movements. Um, so and like you said earlier, like when we were talking about the deadlift and low back pain, like you're going to have a tolerance. It doesn't matter what exercise it is. You're going to have a tolerance when that pain starts to creep back in. So you back off of that. You figure out, you know, what's something sub-maximal that you can handle and then use almost variations of that to build back that strength and increase that tolerance and mm -hmm. 
um, that tissue capacity. And, and odds are you'll find some things that are just weird that might have pain. So for instance, like doing an oblique crunch, something you wouldn't think of, is something we see a lot that tends to be painful. So that may be something we try to train along with the very functional movements of the deadlift or some, whatever it is you have been doing. It really comes on a very individual basis. But rule of thumb, have your nutrition tied in. Whatever movements that are causing you pain, like I said earlier, try to move through those without load or try to move through them increasing your volume to where your pain is, is you're able to take that pain a little bit, but you're still able to do the movement. So it's finding whatever level you're at. And then the real science behind it is allowing me to find more of the nuances, like what really is causing this weakness, what's really going on, and then trying to attack those pathways. Um, I think that's like my favorite thing about talking to Sean, you know, there's, you have pain, but you know, that pain might not be a, like, a consequence of the location like it might be coming from you know above or below it and so chatting with Sean just last week you know I've had trap pain for ages anytime that trap pain acts up my left grip acts up so we're just sitting there talking and he's you can just see the you know that meme where the person's like look the woman's looking at the wall and it's just all the math and stuff like that was Sean <laughs> and he's just like putting together all these pieces of like oh her neck hurt whenever she was doing that exercise okay let's look at the scapula and let's look at the elbow it's just a, it was so cool and I'm like this is like hilarious for me to watch but I'm loving it because I'm learning more about my body and what is causing this and has been irritating me for such a long time so it is really cool to see both the art and the science come together with super intelligent people like Sean. So you can, yeah. just gotta find somebody who can <laughs> do the same. It's, it's fun, half the time, there's a reason why they call it practice. Like we're collecting puzzle pieces. We're trying to piss this forward together as well. We had, I had a guy the other day who um, we tested his grip strength. And I was telling you about this. We tested his grip strength and his right hand was really, I think he squeezed on the grip dynamometer like a 120 on the right, which is pretty strong. On the left, he squeezed maybe an 80. So, you know, you would think maybe it's a grip thing. Well, all of a sudden, all we did for the next 30 minutes was train uh, really shoulder movement, train the, the neural activity, brain-to-shoulder connection, brain-to-shoulder neural connection. And then we retested grip. We didn't do anything with grip. And his left side was stronger than his right side. So he, I think he had like a 124 on the left and a 122 on the right. So it's really fascinating, some of this stuff, but it's incredibly individualized. But well, it that just goes to show how, like, you know our nerves they go all over so that's why it's like though the pain might be in one place you can't always blame that location for what's going on you have to look above and below it yeah start playing around with stability specifically it sounds Absolutely. like i'll work with that a lot had a um had a guy one time who's a power lifter and he had ankle pain when squatting Mm -hmm. You know, come to find out, it wasn't it didn't have much to do with his ankle. He was shifting so far, too far, so far to the side that the ankle was hurting. He was just loading that ankle up the time. Right. So he actually did a lot of work with his core, with his low back, to get him shifted back to yeah. take pressure off that ankle. Yeah. But um. Yeah. You know, um, Cheryl also mentioned that she is having deep knee pain. Um, cycling. She used to be a runner. Um, one of the things you can look at. I'm not saying this is the cause of it, but a lot of times weaknesses can cause pain too. And so a lot, if you are, you know, getting more into that knee flexion position and strengthening that, that might help. I've seen that a lot with runners and cyclists. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but. But anyway, so you're talking about the, give the runners feel one more time. I, I want to hear that. Okay, so 
whenever you, a lot of the times people who are avid runners or cyclists, they start to have knee pains and you can look above and below it, like check out the hip, like he was talking about with assessments, check out your lumbopelvic hip complex, check out your ankle, but you can also start to look at is my knee flexors weak, like is it a cause of weakness at that joint? Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of things to look at, but there's truly nothing you can you can't really go wrong with if you are a cyclist or runner strengthening your both sides your knee flexors and your hamstrings and seeing you know how does that improve it but also looking at your mechanics and seeing if that is a consequence of the pain that you're feeling absolutely and particularly form does matter like i said earlier like sometimes we see some really good movers who ha have injury form still matters it still matters especially with running running is one of those things with form matters a ton. We I talked about with you when we first started working together, I said I may have you sprint because there's yeah, so much good research. <laughs> yeah, we're working on that, but there's so much good research behind sprinting being injury preventive. So even knowing certain things like that, but again, you can't just dive into sprinting. <laughs> you gotta progressively overload into the 100% sprint, but uh, that's a whole other topic. But still with progressive <laughs> overload. Um, guys, sorry this broke up so much, but hopefully be able to glean some good things from it. Um, if you have any questions, please just reach out to us or reach out to Alyssa, and we will answer your questions as best we possibly can. Um, I'm going to take this, uh, what we've had, I've been recording it, and we have a podcast that, that me and my wife have, Ellie, and it's called Impetus Health. So I'm going to edit out all the bad feed we had and put it on that. <laughs> so if nice. you guys would like to listen to this, we're going to have it on our podcast, Impetus Health. Um, and it, again, if you have any questions, please just let us know. I hope we hope this was helpful. Yeah, and <laughs> I'll make sure to link that podcast whenever he gets it up. And I will also save. I know it's going to be in and out a little bit, but totally worth still watching it. But yeah. I will upload it to IGTV for anybody who missed it or wants to watch it again without everything going in and out. <laughs> yeah, and if y'all have any topics you'd like for us specifically touch on and talk about, just let us know. And we'll do another one of these and try to have all the feed stuff figured out um, and talk about those specifically. But uh, this is awesome. This has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you guys. See <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in.